This episode of Harmonious Gentlemen is brought to you by Blind Man Brewing, makers of craft beer in central Alberta. Say hi to Hans. I think he likes chips. podcast episodes were the number of hours that Britney Spears and Jason Alexander were married in 2004. You know this has to be episode 55 of The Harmonious Gentleman. I'm Chris. I'm Tyler. I'm Graham. Hold on, Jason Alexander? Yeah, Is not that really that Jason Alexander. I looked up his picture because I was like, really? But no, it's a different Jason Alexander. They grew up together. Okay. They, not George Costanza. No, he's always been in love with her, according to the article. I. This could be my confession. Like the, I the read other- the whole article. <laughs> Uh, he was always in love with her. They went to Vegas and she was like, let's get married. And he said, sure. Yeah. This and is the podcast you come to for pop culture. Yeah. She's so been married you. a couple times since, I think. Mm-hmm. Kevin Federline is maybe more of her famous husband. Didn't she just get like she was under like her dad's control for a while and now yeah. she's not anymore? Didn't that just happen? Yeah. Okay. Very recently. Okay. Weird story. Tyler, what? how's it going, man? Uh, pretty good. Now I'm, I have so many questions about Chris's <laughs> about Brittany. Um. Yeah, it's good. It's a nice, uh, mild autumn evening mm-hmm. here in Lacombe. Got the fire roaring. Yeah. Ready to do a podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have some uh, feedback I kind of wanted Chris to maybe, maybe read if, okay. you, if you have it handy. Yeah, let me just uh, quickly find Tyler, it. Here. Tyler's confession, for those who haven't heard uh, about his wedding um, rap, is one of my all-time favorites. And we actually heard from somebody, believe it or not, who was there at the very wedding where Tyler... Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So here is an email from said person. Her name is Sherilyn. Tyler, rest assured that at least one wedding guest has absolutely no recollection of your rap. Oh, thank goodness. It is possible <laughs> that I was cringing for you so much <laughs> that I just completely blocked it out. And then she put the cringe uh, emoji. Emoji. Also, just in case you want to lay blame, in quotation marks, somewhere, in no I way do. did I share <laughs> that you made rap videos for school. I don't know you well enough. I didn't know you well enough at the time to do so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. How does that make you feel? Uh, I mean, it's nice that it's not such a memorable event for some. Yeah. I, I, When you said it was a message from someone who was there, I was thinking, oh, my wife. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I, So that was nice that it wasn't from her. But I did actually chat with Krista a little bit. She said when she listened to the podcast, it brought back her memories of it. And I told it accurately. Okay. Okay. So that that's good, I guess. But also, it's not good. Yeah. yeah. It like it's good. Accurate. Your memory works. <laughs> yeah. Well, and sometimes we block out trauma, right? Yeah. Right. I thought. <laughs> yeah. Or we clutch to it so tightly <laughs> <laughs> that I can tell it perfectly. It impacts everything like, we do. Can you be hypnotized to <laughs> to remember what you said and like actually do yeah, the rap again during the part that's, that I did block out? Yeah. yeah. That's the part I wanted to know. It was like, after that first line, what did you say? Or did it just... I honestly don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyways, let's let's move on. <laughs> Sherilyn, thanks for uh, sending that email to harmoniousgentleman at gmail.com. And if you remember or could get a video or something from that mm-hmm, incident, we would love to share it on our YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah. And we're hoping to get feedback about our last episode still. I've had a few conversations, but nothing official in email form yet. Although one person I talked to said they wrote a whole email out and then deleted the whole thing because they couldn't send it oh um so just send it yeah yeah so we have a pretty awesome guest we're going to introduce here guys in a few moments yeah you may have heard him already yeah he's got a nice laugh yeah (laughs) 
So excited. Uh, <laughs> before we get to that, we should do our, our some quick recommendations to settle in here on mm-hmm. this nice warm evening. So shall we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's, let's do it. This segment is brought to you by Cilantro and Chive, fresh, simple eats in central Alberta. Their love for building others up is as delicious as their burger of the month. Welcome back. I'm going to do the recommendations first, and then we're going to have each other member also recommend something <laughs> oh, after <yeah>? me. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to start. I think a while back I recommended uh, a Ticonderoga pencil. Mm-hmm. And this has become kind of a thing in my classrooms where the kids know, and I really lay into it. Like I really sort of like play up the fact that they're kind of a lifestyle pencil and only the finest, <laughs> oldest trees are cut down to make these pencils. And it's like, it's become a kind of a, a thing. Um, so I, but I'm pretty sure I've recommended Ticonderoga pencils before. And by the way, they are amazing. But for um, a serious uh, writer or mathematician, I recommend the Triconderoga pencil, which notice, Chris, it's Triconderoga and not Ticonderoga. <laughs> okay, that's like two more Condorogas. Two more Condorogas and one Garoga. So if you think about it, you're getting three Condorogas. So they're, 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 they're bigger than Ticonderogas. There's three sides. And it's more of a rubber type surface than the typical, mm-hmm. you know, wood smooth feeling surface. So... Mm-hmm. Um, it's softer to the touch. It's three-sided for your comfort. Um, they last longer. They smell great. Triconderoga. They're black, by the way. What do they taste like? Wood. <laughs> Graham, you actually gave me a package of Triconderoga pencils as a gift, and I thought it was just the lamest gift. Okay. We're doing confessions but now, already? <laughs> no, no. But now that you've, I've heard this recommendation, I do appreciate it. I realize it was yeah. um, I meant and, that, man. I meant that. Yeah, so all hmm. So you'll go back, you'll pull those out of the garbage and start using them? <laughs> yeah. No, I knew there was something special about them. I actually haven't even sharpened them because I know, I knew there was something special yeah. about them. Do yourself a favor and uh, try them out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Try them out. Got it. Oh, <laughs> good one. Um, I'm going to recommend a book and in the long standard tradition of the Harmonious Gentleman, it's a book I have not finished yet, <laughs> but it's called City of Joy. It's really old. I think it's from the early 80s maybe. Like that's not really old, but it's not like a new release by any means. Uh, book by Dominic Lapierre, and it's about a, a slum in Calcutta. And um, yeah, some things that are going on politically in India, and people end up in this part of the city and just kind of the lives of very, very, very poor people and uh, a nurse and a priest who serve them. And it's, yeah, it's quite, quite amazing. Nice. I can lend it to you once I'm finished. If you finish it. If I finish. <laughs> How far are you? Halfway. Okay. That's and fair. it's pretty thick. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll confess um, a movie. Confess? Oh, no, not confess. I will recommend a movie. And it's a movie that's been around for a while. It's The Matrix. Okay, it's it's, uh, one of my faves. Mm -hmm. You should watch it again if if you've already seen it. It holds up. Yeah. The uh, special effects were, for its time, groundbreaking. And, yeah, surprisingly enough, they they still, I do think, hold up. Like, it's it's a great movie. Um, the second part of my recommendation is to not watch the second, <laughs> the second Matrix movie. <laughs> yeah. I did recently watch that again. It right. does not hold up. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you are preparing for the upcoming fourth Matrix movie, yeah. um, I think just watch the first one. Watch the Matrix. Are we Appreciate close to it. the fourth? I really don't know. There was a trailer, but I don't know when. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've seen, heard some buzz and yeah. stuff. But that's why I watched it again. 
Once I saw yeah. the trailer, I thought, okay, I'll watch watch them again, yeah. kind of get caught up. But I'm I'm not going to watch the third. If someone thinks I should, you can write in and let me know. But yeah. after the experience of watching the yeah, second one, I don't think I will. I've seen a couple movies in the theater twice. I saw The Matrix three times. Yeah, in the theaters, yeah. so good. Robin, do you have a recommendation? I do, and it's it's a uh, you know I don't know if this is cheating, but it's sort of a piggyback. So no, a couple episodes ago, you recommended. Um, Dry Island Buffalo Jump. And um, I appreciated that recommendation because um, my wife and I went there on Sunday. Oh, wow. And yeah, so, and it was beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that thing where you just, you're driving along through the prairie and then there's just sort of this hole opens yeah. mm-hmm. and you drop down into another world. It's crazy, right? But, but the reason, like, I've been there before. So over 20 years ago, uh, the worst field trip. <laughs> of my 31-year teaching career was dry island buffalo jump, oh. and so and so I didn't go back, right? Because like we went there. So this is June, mm-hmm. beautiful June day, sunny, um, and that thing where you're driving to the prairies, and then then there's this hole in the earth, and you're driving. Oh, yeah. Well, you, it's fog, you can't see what's there. Oh, and so we're in the cheese wagon, you know, 50 plus super excited 10 year olds. And, and it's already been a long yeah, hour yeah. drive to get there, right? And, and we, we plunge down like this really steep gravel yeah. road. Mm-hmm. Um, and we plunge down into fog. No, have no idea where we're going. You look out, it's fairly bleak around you, you know, uh, two meters either side. And it's like wow. we're descending into hell, <laughs> which is what it felt like on the bus. And, and we get down there and we discover the reason for the fog is that it has poured. Absolutely poured. Right, so dry island? No, no. <laughs> it's mud everywhere, oh. and it's there. Like when when Anna-Marie and I were there on Sunday, you can see these um, grooves in the in the ground where rivers flow when it rains. And while these are f- like flowing, like we had to walk through like almost oh. knee deep streams and mud puddles, and it's just gross. And they're not dressed for that. There's no way they can no. ready for that. No, at all. and and my I had a sore knee to make it worse. Right, so I'm walking along and limping on my sore knee. And because I had a sore knee, I'm at the back of the line. Now, there's a teacher at the front yeah. holding back the racehorses, right? Yeah. And the teacher at the back. And who's at the back with them? The kids you're yeah. trying to... The kids who do not want to be there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <you laughs> so I got all these... And they're just whining. Yeah. Whine, and inside, I am too, yeah. right? And I'm trying to be the good teacher. Yeah. <laughs> and then the fog lifts, and we get this blazing sunshine. And we go, wow, this is beautiful. But it's really hot. And so you start to sweat, <laughs> And you're slogging through mud. And what do you get when you have when you have water and heat on the prairies? A billion mosquitoes, <laughs> okay. right? And they're ravenous. <laughs> so it is just it's like the, the four longest field trip of my life. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we get back on the bus, and and everybody just stinks. Oh, I bet. And they're beyond. You know, when kids are exhausted, maybe they sleep, right? Mm-hmm. And then when they're beyond exhausted. Yeah. There's just this. In, oh, it was. Yeah. I if you believe, were to talk to one of those students, would they say it was the best field trip of their life? Well, the ones at the front, yeah. yeah. The ones at the back yeah. are probably in counseling. <laughs> so, so thank you. I guess um, sure yeah. you got me back there, and it was it was great. Worth it. Yeah. 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 Well, that does it for that, you guys. Nice job. Yeah. Solid picks. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to introduce Robin officially, mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. shared this wonderful story with us. Um, and I think we'll leave that to Tyler because uh, he does a good job with that stuff. He does. Sure, I, gotta, I, I was kind of counting on that. Yeah. 
All right. Well, you'll have to tell me what to say in the break. <laughs> <Tickle time. laughs> I don't know. <laughs> So in this episode, we're joined by a great guest. They're legendary in our circles. Teacher of, let's just say, many years. (laughs) Author of books, specifically Space Cadets. Mm -hmm. Friend, ex-colleague, not ex-friend, but friend and ex-colleague. Right. And your new favorite guest on Harmonious Gentlemen. Let's welcome Robin Pollack. Hey, Welcome Robert, here. Thank you. Nice. Thank you. You know, you haven't been introduced till you've been introduced by Ty. That's true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Thank well, you. Thanks for coming, Robin. Uh, you know mm-hmm. what? I am so excited. I, um, I love your podcast. And I think the thing I like most about your podcast is it reminds me of just sitting around and talking in the staff room mm-hmm. back in the day. Yeah. But the thing I don't like about it <laughs> is I don't get to talk. <laughs> I just have to sit and listen. Uh, so now I get to talk. Yeah. So we meant to have cool. you on for a long time, I think. So this is yeah. finally yeah. happening. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I think we'll start, Robin, with just um, your background. I mean, as, as an author, a teacher, just, yeah, maybe just some background yourself for our listeners. Sure. Yeah. So I, um, you know, I've always had, I guess, a, a creative bent right back from when I was a little kid. I... Um, you know, whenever I, I played, like my siblings were all older than I was, right? So they're teenagers and I'm a little kid. So I'm kind of playing by myself with my cars and my whatever. And I have this little world going in my head, right? And then as I get older, I learn to read and I learn to write and I learn to draw. And all those things are things I just, I always love to do. And I remember in elementary school, you know, I some of us would uh, always go to the teacher and say, can we put on a play for the class, right? And we stand at recess time and make a play. And so I was that kid, right? I always just love this stuff. Um, and then when I, when I became a teacher, teaching became my sort of my major creative outlet. Yeah, like I, you know, just, just finding creative ways to, you know, deliver curriculum. And, mm-hmm. and I would write stuff for my students and little plays for them to perform and stuff, right? So that's just always been there. Um, and I think I, I was inspired by, um, you guys ever heard of Martin Godfrey? Mm-hmm. Yes. The Alberta author, right? Wrote for kids and was a former teacher, former grade six teacher. And I was inspired by him and some other people who did that, right? And I always thought, I got to do that. I got to write a book. And so I was in my, uh, I was probably in my late thirties, I think. And I said, you know, I've always wanted to write a book and that's not going to happen unless I write a book. Um, so I, so I did. <laughs> and that's when I wrote Space Cadets, um, or at least what turned out to be the first draft of Space Cadets. It took about a year. And um, my kids were my my guinea pigs, right? So When you say kids, you mean your students my, my, or your no, own kids? My no, own, my own kids. So <laughs> yeah. they're right around, you know, the age where I'm, you know, we're doing bedtime stories every night anyway, right? And so I'd finish a chapter and that would be the bedtime story. Mm-hmm. And I could gauge their reaction if they're laughing when I want them to laugh or if they seem excited or if they seem bored or confused or whatever, then I knew what I had to do, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so did that for about a year and I had this book and I actually um, made some efforts to get it published. And I, literally the first publisher I tried said, yeah, we'll do it. Hmm. And then they didn't. Like how long ago <laughs> would that have been? <laughs> that was over 20 years ago. What? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, and I, wow. I made a couple other attempts. Right, and I, what I found out is writing's fun, and getting published isn't. Yeah, 
it's work <laughs> and it yeah and it's like uh, you know i'm a dad i'm 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 a husband i'm a teacher i got enough going on yeah i'll, I'll do this later so, and so sorry they said yes yeah <laughs> but that that just didn't yeah it was a small it was a uh, kind of a small local company and and they said yes but then they took it to their distributors down in the states and their mm. distributors mm. said no oh, okay. they they said it was too much like harry potter oh which i don't understand because <laughs> it's not even the same well they're both books they're both and they there's a they character. have children in them <laughs> oh there's a child yeah <laughs> so i can see that now actually now that you point that out well yeah yeah. So, yeah. So, um, so what I contented myself just with reading it to my students every year mm-hmm. and they're always like, Oh, Mr. Pollock, this is awesome. Mr. Pollock, you got to get this published. And so I said, yeah, I will. When I retire, I'll do that. And so, um, I retired and I was like, okay, I got to do this. Mm. So, um, and actually I was really excited. I, I knew, you know, like I knew I was going to retire a few years ahead of time and I was kind of looking forward to, this is what I'm going to do when I retire. And so uh, it took about a year and a half, published Space Cadets in 2018, almost have the sequel all done. Probably in uh, January it'll come out. Nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely going to ask that at some point. Yeah. In the next episode. Yeah. yeah. It's coming. And I actually went back. I actually went back because I was going to publish the sequel last fall. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the pandemic and I couldn't get out into schools and couldn't do a book launch like a proper yeah. book launch. And so I thought, I'll, I'll put it off a year because surely this will all be over, right? <laughs> And, um, so I had this time and I went back and I, cause I'd learned a bunch of stuff writing the second book. And so I went back and rewrote some of the first book. So I actually have sort of a second edition of the first book out there as well. Would you publish that or like, how does that, how does the second edition work? Well, it's, it's not officially, it's not a second edition. It's just, I went back and I changed a few things. And does the second book depend on those changes? Uh, not really. Like it's more or less the same story. I just learned things about how to tell it better mm. and how to, yeah, build in some of the, some of the stuff I want to talk about with you guys later, actually about character arc and some of those oh. kinds of things. I learned how to do a little better. So I wanted to go back and. I want to ask Robin, you mentioned that you, the first draft took you a year. Yeah. So you were teaching full time at the time Yeah. and you wrote the book in, in a year. Yeah. I don't know much about writing, but is that quick? Yeah. Is that? It, it seems really quick now because mm-hmm. I mean. I, it's been five years I've been retired and I've only published one book. Right. <laughs> you know, the, the reality was I didn't know what I was doing. You know, like I thought I had written a novel. Okay. And then I retired and then I, I knew I had to make some changes and I went back and I made some changes and then I hired an editor and, you know, I realized I had a lot of work to do. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was quick. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I think like, I, I think I could write a, a first draft quicker than that now, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I would also know that there's, you know, another couple of years of rewriting and wow. yeah, stuff to do after. So when you yeah. say like it took you a year to publish in that time, what are you f- actually doing? Um, I, well, so I, I did some rewriting of my own, you know, and I did some research about how you, how you write a book and cause I hadn't done any of that before. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and then I hired an editor, um, and, uh, she was harsh. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, like I counted, I think there was over, there were over 200 comments that she made and two of them were positive. Whoa. And actually one of them was qualified with a, but so really a one and a half positives out of, you know, 200. Wow. Um, and I, I think like she was, she, she sort of, I shouldn't know because she, um, she kind of, she advertised herself as a, you know, I tell it like it is. Yeah. And sometimes I tell it like it is, it's just code for, 
I'm a total I'm a jerk. jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and and she was. And I get paid for yeah. it. <laughs> so hmm. I didn't take all her advice. That's why we do all our own in-house production and editing on the podcast. Right. We don't, <laughs> right. Nobody tells us they don't like <laughs> us. Awesome. Um, well, maybe we'll do a quick pause here. Uh, sure. And maybe we can talk more about... You mentioned earlier talking about what you've learned from this process because yeah. it's a, quite a process, years and years. Yeah. Um, so maybe you can speak to that in just a moment here. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Robin, I think you've taught all of my kids, maybe. Yeah. And they, yep. like a, a highlight of their language arts pathway was your story in grade seven. They all have a copy now, but they loved it, you know, as students. So I know you've taught a lot of kids. I can imagine a lot of them yep. have been through that process with you. That's pretty awesome. Well, and they really were a part of it. Like they really encouraged me to get it published. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they were a part of it for sure. So you also encouraged me to do the same thing. So when I was teaching grade eight language right. arts, I wrote a, that's not finished, but it was just such a fun process to do with kids. Well, you did, you did Paintball Island, right? Yeah. yeah so, that was legendary. I got to give it to you sometime so you can make it your next book. Okay. <laughs> but what I wanted to ask you was, what have you learned like from the process or I'm sure that's a loaded question. <clears throat> well, I'm so, when I leave it at that. Yeah. So much like, and that's partly what I love about it. I love learning and, and I've learned a ton. Like, and it's amazing, right? You do something and you think you're pretty good at it. And then you sort of, so I've had time since I retired to take it seriously and learn more about it. And I went, wow, like I wasn't as good as I thought. <laughs> and I've got a long way to go. Like, but yeah, the learning part is, is super fun. Um, there, there, I guess the two big things I've learned are, are related. One is I, I came across fairly early a definition of story that I really like. Uh, this author named Robert Olin Butler, no idea what he wrote, mm. but he has an awesome quote. He says, story is a yearning meeting an obstacle. Mm. And uh, what that says is that plot and character are inextricably linked, right? So, and that was a thing, like with Space Cadets, the first time I had the plot, but I didn't have so much of the character arc. And if you, you should do it in a way that the character arc is driving the plot. And so I had to learn how to do that. Okay. So that was huge. And then related to that, um, I told you about my evil editor (laughs) (laughs) and the one thing she said over and over again, and I, I knew she was right. Like, this is one thing I knew I had to work on. And she said, your characters don't have any agency. They're just, things are happening to them. And then somebody's coming along and rescuing them. Mm. But she said, your characters have to, they, they have to encounter obstacles that are bigger than them. And they have to fail. And they have to fail repeatedly. Try to solve their problem and they're unable to. And, you know, people come alongside them and help them and all those kinds of things. But they have to try and fail and try and fail. And then, you know, by the end, you can, you're cheering for them to succeed right Right. and so again that's that character arc thing and how crucial that is to to story you've taught a lot of kids to read or to read and to write 
like would you have taught these things? Nope. So I, I do now. Um, <clears throat> like yeah. I do a lot of writing workshops with kids and stuff, and I I teach. Like I do uh, teachers conventions and talk to teachers about writing and teaching yeah. writing. And so I get to talk about some of these things now. Yeah. Um, and it's super cool. It's fun. Like I love it. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't know a lot of this stuff. Did you find that uh, having a draft already that where you didn't focus on that as much? Was it easy to go back and infuse it? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, right. Was it sort no. of ready for that? <laughs> no, we had, so we had a reno done in our kitchen recently. And, and uh, speaking of recommendations, Kevin K is our, is our guy who does a lot of work for us. He's a gateway guy, right? Yeah. Gateway family. And Kevin's awesome. Um, <clears throat> but, um, yeah, he was talking about, he was, he was putting a cupboard, a, a cupboard door and he, it was kind of clunking. The hinge wasn't working right. And he said, it's, it's hard when you're retrofitting. Mm-hmm. And that made me think of my, cause I did go back and I made a bunch of changes, but really if I wanted it to be exactly the way I wanted, I'd have to rip it apart and mm-hmm. start over. Yeah. Right. And I wasn't going to do that. Yeah. So I go back and I retrofit and I make it work. Yeah. One thing we've talked to other creative types on this podcast about is the, just the, the process like for, for you, like mm-hmm. now you're retired. So you have the, the time, but do you have like a, a schedule to your day? Like this is my writing time. This is my research time. This is my learning time. Yeah. Or how do you do that? Yeah. And it's, um, I'm off, definitely been off my schedule for a few months here. We'll talk about why later, but my typical schedule is morning is when I write. And so I, you know, sort of my prime time is kind of after breakfast till, till lunchtime. So I spend a few hours every day and that's my writing time. But as far as how that's structured, no, I don't have like a research time or a, it just sort of comes up as needed. Right. So there's a, there will be times where I spend a whole week researching and don't get much writing done. And when you sit down to write for you, does it, uh, maybe this is a, an obvious answer, but maybe not. Like, does it just every day you sit down and write and you get stuff out, like get four hours worth of writing on Monday. Is that the same as four hours of writing on Thursday? Or is yeah, it like no. every day is you, like, for me, it feels like if I sit down to do something creative, I don't know what I'm going to get. Like it might be a productive time or I might end up with nothing worth yeah. showing yeah. the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel that comment. Yeah. <laughs> No, for sure that happens. Um, some days are way more productive than others. And there are days where where I just, I could just keep writing and writing. And sometimes mm-hmm. I do, right? Mm-hmm. I've got other stuff I plan to do in the afternoon, but I'm on a roll. So I just mm-hmm. keep going. And other days where it's like, no, nah, I'm shutting it down. <laughs> I can't. I, can't. Um, like I, think, I think if you're serious about it and you want to write a book or something like that, I think you have to push through that. Yeah. I, I don't think you can say, I don't feel like it today. Like, I think you have to sit down and force yourself. Like, it's a job. It's work. Yeah. Yeah. You read a lot. Like, are you recognizing those things your editor said in books you're reading in fiction and going, oh, yeah, I see where the characters are facing obstacles and they're going to. Yeah. Like, do you recognize what you're trying in other books? Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, you identify certain authors because no author is great at everything, right? But you identify certain authors and you go, wow, this guy is really good at this. And wow, she's really good at that. And. And so you can learn so much that way. Yeah. But in some ways it kind of wrecks it for you too. Because <laughs> you know what they're doing. <laughs> I was thinking like, I don't always know why I like a book or a show. Yeah. Or I, I know that I like it, but I almost don't. Yeah. yeah maybe don't want to know really sometimes. Yeah. No. And I, I was in a little conversation on uh, Twitter with somebody who was talking about that. And writers talk a lot about the hero's journey and it's sort of partly how we plan novels and stuff and she said i'm so sick of the hero's journey <laughs> you know because it's just so predictable like when you when you're in it 
you can see it coming a mile, a mile away. Yeah. 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 But we'll watch 50 Marvel movies end. <laughs> yeah. And they're all, the <laughs> they're all fresh. Sort of the same. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, and that's the beauty too, if you can pull it off, right? And get people to forget about all that stuff and yeah. just get lost in it. Yeah. What's a book that you feel that's happened to you? Like what were some inspirations maybe? Or it does writing work that way? Do you read a book and go, oh, I'd like to try writing like that? Or Yeah, well, um, one of you guys posted about The Constant Rabbit. Well, I, I posted Ford. about it. Yeah, I Jasper read it Ford. because you had recommended it on, yeah. on social media. Yeah. But we had talked about Jasper Ford like maybe a decade ago. Yeah, I love him. Um, and I love The Constant Rabbit. It's, I think he's got two, two outstanding books. I think that's one of the two that I absolutely love. But I read that and I went, because I've thought about, you know, my next book, because door's wide open now, I can write what I want. Do I yeah. want to continue to write for kids? Do I want to write for adults? And I feel like um, I definitely have an idea for adults and I, I feel like if I was going to write for adults, I'd want it to be that kind of thing, like sort of satire, yeah. um, funny, but kind of makes you think a little bit. And yeah. Yeah, so he's definitely he's a guy who. That's cool. Yeah, would you would you like to write a screenplay for me? A movie called Run from Rome. Uh, if you've heard that episode, Robin, but I do have quite an idea for a film. Uh, no, it is I had, quite I, an idea. I didn't hear that. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk and it off, might off take mic. somebody as creative <laughs> as you to get, pull that off. <laughs> writers do get people saying, "Hey, I've got an idea for a book." <laughs> Does that happen? Oh, like, yeah. you should do this. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one guy said, "Here, here's the idea, and you can use it. I'm not going to do it." Okay. <laughs> well, speaking of which, let's take a little break so I can share with you right from Rome. <laughs> okay, awesome. I'll come right back. You're going to love this. Robin, it's so awesome to hear about writing. It's something that you actually, I'm going to go back a little bit. You talked about going into teaching as a, a creative outlet. Yeah. That's actually like a big part of why I went into teaching too. Yeah, I totally see and, that. And I, um, we taught grade seven the same year, I believe. And I remember just yeah. being, when I mentioned in the intro that legendary within our circles, um, I could have also said like inspiring mm-hmm. to me personally. Like it was really awesome to, to see oh, you, you teach. Um with that creativity. Well, I, um, yeah, and then I would say the same, like, huh? yeah, you reminded me of young me. Huh? <laughs> and sort of like, going, oh, cool. okay, that I got to, that's something I got to aspire to be or continue to be or oh, cool. whatever. Yeah. Graham, can you play like a nice, like, oh. um, sentimental yeah, like, I mean, jingle behind right. that last I'm little segment? I'm going to get the, like, the electric piano sound on the piano and just like really <laughs> up right now. Yeah, my eyes are a little moist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, <laughs> where I was trying to go with all that was um, it's really interesting to hear about the, the transition from teaching to writing and then learning about the writing process. But have you learned anything outside of writing from that whole transition and that experience? So much. Yeah. Um, and again, that's a, to me a big part of the beauty of it. You know, it's, it's why I love it. Um, the stuff... You know, the stuff I was talking about, about character arc, I think directly, well, you know, I want to say, I, I almost, I'm almost talking about this as if it's a metaphor for life, but it's not. Like life, everybody's life is a story. Like that's not a metaphor, that just, that just is, mm-hmm. right? We are all the protagonists in our own story. Actually, in many, many stories, right? 
and, and we tell our stories all the time. We, we come home and say, oh, you wouldn't believe what happened at work today. Or we get to work and we go, oh, yeah, let me tell you about my weekend, right? So we're, we're just, we're the protagonist as well as background characters, you know, and other people's stories too, right? Antagonists. Hopefully not antagonists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we're being harmonious. So, so I, but, uh, you know, I've thought a lot about this, and especially as it pertains to character arc. One of the things, I guess, that, that I've realized is there's no story unless there's an obstacle. Now, how often are you thankful for an obstacle in your life? Hmm. <laughs> Typically, I'm not whether it's the big ones or the little ones like you're stuck in traffic or whatever, right? So obstacles are what make great stories. And they're really like, they're these fantastic opportunities. And again, we don't always feel that way about them. But when we encounter obstacles, we're pushed beyond ourself and forced to grow. Um, so they're, you know, hands down, the obstacles we face are the greatest opportunities we have to grow, to become, you know, like in my novel, I want my characters to become more well-rounded characters. And I think that happens in real life. We face obstacles and we have the potential, like we choose how we respond to them, but we have the potential to respond to them in a way that we grow and become more rounded characters for the next story and to come alongside other people in their stories and all those kinds of things. Right. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's pretty inspiring. But the trick is to realize it when you're in it, right? Yeah. Like some, something horrible is happening and to go, okay, this is an opportunity. Right. And, you know, I mean, you have to be honest with your emotions. You don't always feel that way. But to be able to get to that point where you see the opportunity in it and, and take the chance to, to grow. Well, and I can think of times where I've been, I've come out the other side and I'm sort of, in retrospect, I see it as a, as a positive. Yeah. But never in it. Nope. <laughs> at the time. Nope. Yeah. No, and it's the worst when you're going through a tough time and someone says, this is going to make you stronger. <laughs> or like, <laughs> no. this is good for yeah, you. Yeah. 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 yeah, no, I don't recommend that. I'm trying to think like... <laughs> what a glorious opportunity you have. Yeah. <laughs> no. When you talk about like a story needs an obstacle, like maybe, and I don't know where I'm going with this question yet, but like there are some stories I just don't like or... I feel like they're contrived and often those are stories that don't have much of a challenge, I think. So maybe that's my own preference, but like, do you think a life can be that way? Well, can you I have mean, a contrived life? Can you have a life without obstacles? Like I think everybody has, everybody has them. Everybody has struggles, right? There do seem to be people who have them more. And then, I mean, I think we live in a part of the world where maybe we have less than a lot of people in a lot of other places. Mm-hmm. But I think, Everybody has struggles. Everybody goes through stuff. Yeah. Are you an optimist? Like, do you think everybody's struggles makes them stronger? I think there's always the potential for that. I think it's our choice, and it's yeah, yeah. It's so, it's not automatic. I don't think. Right. I, you know, I'm I'm a huge fan of just of learning. Right. It's one of the reasons I became a teacher is I love learning, but learning can be hard, right? And and there are people who resist it. They like their world the way it is. They don't want to think about other ideas. They don't want to. They don't want to be challenged. They want to just. Um, so it's. I think it's a choice. Mm-hmm. Are, are some people's stories less compelling because they they don't like? I'm trying to think about the criticism you got from the, the editor. They said your characters don't have agency. Hmm. So that's that's like a problem with your story. 
um, that you need to fix? Are there people living their lives right now making that same mistake, like in their story? And which one of us is it? Because <laughs> <laughs> two thirds. Well, of every this is book. what I wanted to talk to you guys about, actually. Uh, you guys, have you guys read? I think, and I think I know the answer to this. Uh, now I need to remember the title of the book. Uh, a million miles. Oh, the Donald uh, Donald Miller book. Million little pieces or whatever. Yeah, a I million know. miles in a thousand years or not. Yeah, that's oh, not yeah. it. But it's something can, like yes, that. but I don't know what it's called. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> But but he, what he does is he's written, he's, uh, somebody wants to make a movie about his life. Yeah. Right? And then they come to him and and then he starts talking and he says, well, we're going to have to change that. <laughs> we're going to have to change this. And he right. then, and yeah. comes away kind of disillusioned about his life that, you know, uh, he hasn't taken enough risks. He hasn't, he hasn't chosen to live a great story. Right? So I think, yeah, I think we have a choice what kind of story we live. For sure. A million miles in a thousand years, in case people are interested. But Thank you. It is good. I think we did like a, a million study miles. Of that. I feel like we watched, there, there's a movie for it too. We yeah. Watched yeah. A long time ago. Yeah. Well, that maybe, that maybe that's the movie. Yeah. It's like the movie yeah. is based on the book, I yeah. think. Yeah. The book is more like a memoir, though, isn't it? And the movie is like a weird. Or it's, actually, it's the movie. Odd. Yeah. The movie was about uh, his earlier book, Blue Like Jazz. Yes. Oh yeah, which yes. was sort of more of a life story, and a that's right. Yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah. So, is the goal in life, Robin, in your wisdom, <laughs> to yeah? No, that's, what, that's why we're I here. I love where this is going. <laughs> What's already? the meaning of life? Um, to make our lives into the most compelling story ever told. Like, like that book is about someone who he finds out from the the director, the writers of this movie that your, your life isn't interesting enough to make a movie, but should it be like, is that our, should that be our goal? It's not my goal. It's not your goal. No. Okay. Um, I think, I think you need to decide what kind of story you want to write. My story's pretty dull, but you know, I know what I want it to be. I know what's important to me and I know what I want to invest in and I know what I don't want to invest in. And so I don't, care if anybody else likes it i like it <laughs> so so i think it's up to all of us to write the story we want to write story and more of a story that, that you would want to read yeah mm. yeah who plays you in the tv adaptation of the story of you uh me oh yeah i mean i've always wanted to be good answer like a hollywood star right so <laughs> yeah. i figure Next. that that's the that's, way to get it done okay yeah chris who'd play you seth rogan <laughs> 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 it's actually a pretty good answer. No, yeah. it is good. I, I can, I, I can see it. Tyler, I think Tom Hanks' son would be a good Tyler. Oh Colin, yeah, Colin, Colin Hanks. Hanks. Yeah. No, yeah. his other son. No, not Tim. The one that knows. Is there another one? There is another. There one is another. One. Oh, I was totally joking. Oh, I didn't know that. Look him up. Yeah, no. really. Fans, he's not. He doesn't do too well. He's having a rough. Go, okay, I, I apologize. No, it's okay. It was a joke. Graham Mears would be James Franco. James Franco. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's no, yeah. I got told I won't in university. It's like all the time I look like an actor, just all the time. I had longer hair, like a specific actor yeah. or just an actor. Yeah. Like Email the show and guess who it is. I'm not going to say. Let's when, take a break. When was this? Not James in, in, when I was in university, people said all the time I look like a certain actor. Jared Leto. No. Jay Leno. Yes, <laughs> Jay Leno. Let's take a break. <laughs> Thank you. 
Okay, so you know how I said um, you guys do these these episodes, and I'm I'm into it because it's like old days sitting around talking, but I don't get to talk. Mm-hmm. And so you did an episode about regrets, mm-hmm. and I had so much I wanted to say. <laughs> so now I'm going to say it because right. <laughs> <laughs> it totally to me this is um, this is why I I've always kind of been a no regrets person, um, and and the, even more so now. So when, when, um, the editor said, you know, your, your characters meet an obstacle, they have to try and they have to fail. Um, and so those obstacles, what obstacles do is they expose weaknesses and give us opportunities to learn and to grow. So if I, if I'm in a situation that pushes me and I make the wrong choice in response to that, you know, once I realize it, and for me, sometimes it's not until like a year later or whatever, I look back on it. Once I realize it, I'm going to have a moment of regret where I go, oh man, that was dumb. <laughs> you know, or I sure hope I didn't hurt that person or whatever. But um, for me, that's where I've learned and I've grown and I, like, I'm really excited because now I know something and I can be better. Hmm. Does that make sense? Do you need to somebody to point that out to you or like, do you figure that out yourself? Usually it's, it's over time. Like my wife's good at pointing out mistakes (laughs) and she's usually right. Um, but no, usually it's over time. Right. So I'll look back on, you know, five years ago or 10 years ago when I was teaching and I'll think about how I used how I handled a situation and I'll go, I wouldn't handle that the same way now. And then I'll feel some regret and go, oh, you know, you know, I wish I'd done better. But but then I'm I'm happy because that shows that I've learned something and I've grown and and so I've done what a character is supposed to do. I've got this character growing and I'm learning and I'm growing and I'm becoming a more rounded character. So and you're I, a you self know, editor. Yeah, and I think In that's I mean that's what learning is. That's what growing is, right? It sounds like that's an intentional choice you've made to right? To, to think that way. Like you have to almost practice that way of looking at your life. Don't you? Like it's, I guess. Yeah. I feel like I've almost always thought that way. Maybe that's something from when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, but it's just, yeah, learning's just part of life and you're gonna do the wrong thing, say the wrong thing. And if you need to make it right, you make it right. Like that yeah, so part does is that it, like propel you to like phone somebody up and say, Hey, I boggled that. I, can we talk about it? Or is it just like, if I'm in this situation again, I'll do it differently. Mostly that. Mm-hmm. Like I had a, <clears throat> I had a situation. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say names, but I, there's a, I'm connected with a number of former students who are now adults, right. On social media and stuff. And a former student who posted about something that was a struggle in, in their life in the past. And, Kind of from reading it, I realized this this went back as far as when I would have been teaching mm. this this kid, uh-huh. right? And I thought back, and I thought, you know what? Um, I don't think I was very well equipped to help in that situation, and I sure hope there wasn't anything I said or did that made it worse. And I did feel bad about it. Um, but fortunately, I still have this relationship with this person, and I was able to message and say, hey, you know, I saw what you posted, and 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 that's awesome. And I just want to apologize if there's anything I did or said that made it harder for you. And you know, had a really good conversation. And the person said, "Yeah, I know it was awesome. I always, you know, I felt supported by you, but also I'm glad you've you've grown in that way." And it was mm-hmm. kind of the most gracious response you could mm-hmm. want, right? 
so to start this segment, you said you're, you were a no regrets person. Um, and even more so now when I hear that, I think I know when I hear of someone who says no regrets, <laughs> that's someone who like just goes out and does things <laughs> yeah, without no. thinking about the consequence. Yeah. But the way you're describing this, it's almost like maybe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm hearing is like you start out as a no regrets person where it's like, I'm not going to dwell on, on those things. But now it's, yeah, like I think Graham said this, it's an intentional, like it's, I am going to get back to that no regret. I'm not going to have that regret, but first I have to have the regret. Right. Like you have to acknowledge regret in order to move to the no regrets. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think Chris, in the last episode you guys did, the one about uh, COVID and all of that stuff. And I think you said fear, fear can be a starting point to motivate us to action sometimes. Mm-hmm. That sounds like something I would say. It yeah. depends what you're going to say next. If you, if you, <laughs> <laughs> but you don't want to stay there. You don't want to stay no, in fear. Right. You want it. Sometimes that's, that moves you. And, and I think regret is like that. I think regret mm. can move you, but it should move you to learn and grow and yeah, change. Like that a lot. Not to get stuck there. Because that's a lousy place to live your life, I think. Mm-hmm. There's a quote I came across, and this is Maya Angelou, and I'm not going to pretend that I read Maya Angelou, because I don't. Uh, but I came across this quote, and I love it. She said, I did then what I knew how to do. Now that I know better, I do better. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. That and to mm-hmm. me, that's why no regrets, right? You, you do the best you can with what you know, yeah. and then when you know better, you do better. Tyler, you couldn't, you can't blame yourself for getting up there and trying that rap. Like that's what you knew at the time. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. Well, well we, I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you should. What we need is a redemption opportunity. Is anybody getting well, married in the next little? It's funny you say that. My, I do this thing with my students every, well, not every year, but a number of years, where they give me a, a task to learn that they think will be difficult for me. And then I have to demonstrate a growth mindset and a lot yeah. of things we're talking about. And I have to, and I do that publicly so they can see me fail and see, hopefully me push through that and yeah. Um, have conversations about it this year, my grade nines, uh, they, they gave me the task of rapping and, <laughs> and, uh, which is kind of funny. Cause like a lot of them were a little disappointed. They're like, he already does some goofy stuff on YouTube and, but they didn't. They don't listen to the podcast. But I had just made that confession about how that was such like an anxious thing. So I did share it with them, and then it it, it all kind of came together like that. This is actually a good growth mindset opportunity for me to try to. Yeah. So there may be a redemption opportunity sometime this year, where I do try to freestyle or rap without it being an educational, goofy thing. Oh, cool. But nice. I had a a recent meeting at your school and you must have just shown that video because a grade nine came up to me and said, Mr. Kuman, I saw you playing the flute. You sucked at the beginning and you sucked (laughs) at the end. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, they're very encouraging. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I tried to learn how to dance that year. Oh, man. I was terrible. I had a student telling me how rough it was. She was good, but, but honest. I also thought I was doing pretty well and I wasn't at all. Yeah, I know. I followed some of that stuff on social media, and that's, yeah, good for you. That's that's courageous. Yeah, thanks. Robin, is there anything you wish we had asked you that we didn't? Um, well, I guess just, um, I guess I want to talk about real, sort of real-life application, because I had, I've recently been through an obstacle, mm. and uh, it was not one that I embraced as a growth opportunity. 
So I, uh, I had a heart attack back in June mm-hmm. and uh, rocked my world a fair bit. Um, and I, you know, while I was having the heart attack, I was not going, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Finally, I I'm going to so grow much. so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, and actually like it was directly tied. The heart attack wasn't directly tied to writing, but it, <laughs> there was a direct connection to writing because after, you know, so after I had the heart attack and, and I'm okay now, I had a stent put in and heart's good and everything. Um, but, you know, I, I would tell the story to people like what it was like to have a heart attack and people were pretty interested in the story. And a couple of my family members said, you need to write that mm. short story, mm. right? And I tried a couple times and I couldn't mm. because I didn't have the character arc part. I had the plot and, and, you know, a first person account of a heart attack, most people find that pretty fascinating, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I needed the character arc and I was in it, so I didn't have it. And I, and I, frankly, I was, I was, uh, rattled. I was angry. You know, I sort of felt like I live a pretty good lifestyle. I eat pretty well. I exercise. Why did this happen to me? The whole self pity thing. That's so productive. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was a long recovery. Like I'm still not a hundred percent. Like it's been four months and I'm still, I sleep nine hours a night and I nap and I, you know, I'm not back to my full routine yet. And so it's been this long recovery and messing around with medication and all that stuff. And, um, I really had to wrestle with this, um, and sort of figure out, so what's my character arc? What's this, what's going to make this story a story worth? And, you know, probably won't make make the story any better for anybody else. It's going to make it better for me. (laughs) If I can see how this is going to grow me as a character and, and I finally, it took me about two months to start to go, okay, I'm starting to see this, you know, and I'm still, I'm still like, I, I know what the lesson is now, but I'm still learning, <laughs> learning the big lesson, right? Uh, just sort of, as I impatiently am waiting to get better mm-hmm. and, um, yeah. Yeah. Four months doesn't sound like a very long time. No kidding. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's probably a very does long to time. You. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very yeah. long time. <laughs> I had things to do that I yeah. didn't get to do. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Like we went, you know, when we went to um, the Buffalo Jump, yep. like that's our first time we went out somewhere to do like a bit of a hike. Wow, yeah. You know, guys. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, I, I, you know, I don't want to pretend that I'm super good at it because I, I struggle with it. Yeah. But, hmm. but it really helped me. Like it, trying to figure out how, is, how I'd write the story and how the character arc would work actually helped me process it and figure out that, Okay, yeah, this is there is a benefit to this. So are you going to write it? I don't know if I will now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know what I need to know. So Yeah, yeah right. It's and, yeah. that one's for me. Yeah. 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 So Yeah. Well, um hey guys, that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I loved it. Yeah, it was really great having you here. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome to be here. Yeah. You know, we've been really fortunate to have a lot of really great guests, but uh, we've never talked to like an author before. Yeah. It's been really Really enjoyable. Well, and have you ever had anybody as old as me on your podcast? Because I was trying to, like, if you had some pretty mm-hmm. impressive guests, especially recently, and I was feeling a little intimidated, right? Because <laughs> these people are very accomplished and successful, and it's like, mm-hmm. but like, I'm 60. But have you had a 60-year-old guest? Am I the uh, oldest guest? But probably, you probably are. Yeah, probably. Because I want to walk Sandman away. might have been like... Close. No. Seriously? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, and hopefully he doesn't listen no, to this. Sounds, yeah. 
Um, I hope we're not like forgetting anyone, but I no, I think yeah, probably you got that because I I feel like I need to walk away with something here. <laughs> yeah. Um. Hey, why don't you also <laughs> mention? I don't know if we recorded this part, but you you have the second book that you're trying to that you want to get out at yeah. some point soon. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I was originally going to publish it last fall, and then the pandemic happened, and all that, and you know, the pandemic apparently is still a thing. Yeah. But I'm going to publish it anyway. Um. So I'm actually just doing final edits, and of course, the heart attack didn't help that. Course. set me back a few months yeah. um, but I, I'm hoping to publish the the, the sequel in January awesome. the battle for Tam Tam yeah Tam. and the obstacles you learned in the first publishing round have you cleared some of those up for round two yeah like and that's like I think it's better than book one like I'm excited about it yeah because I've I've learned a lot yeah yeah Maybe we'll do a live reading on the podcast. <laughs> or like a section of it, at least. Yeah, it's longish. <laughs> we already got to get in trouble for how long the podcast can be sometimes, I guess. But Chapter one to four. <laughs> yeah. uh, Robin, will you stick around for some confessions? Oh, you bet. Yeah. All yeah. Right. I got a story. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. I, hope, I hope they're all as good as Tyler's was last time. No. <laughs> no. No, I can't match that. Welcome to the confession segment. You've made it. Um, I'm going to have a kind of a throwback or uh, have to give a little bit of background information for my my confession. In a very early episode, I talked about um, my problems with the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. And I, I wouldn't say I totally Typical bashed two. it. <laughs> but I criticized certain elements of it and I've been even in conversation since then a little um I don't know what the right word is not not critical but kind of like push it aside or say like oh, it's overhyped or we caught flack so. for that too after that episode yeah it was one where yeah we did have some critical feedback mm-hmm. but my confession and maybe for some they'll be happy to hear this is that I've read or at least read portions of a book about the Enneagram and I'm pretty into it. And I've ordered a book from the library since on the Enneagram. And I want to learn more. I will confess this does not surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? I just thought you would actually like the Enneagram oh, okay. if you read about it. Yeah. So, um, but I think part of it is just I had to come to it my own, in, like my own way, rather than being told about like that you have to do this. Or I'm so. I'm not going to join. The look like, of disgust no, I, on Graham's face. Not, no, for listeners, it, it's not disgust. I just, I'm not going to join you guys there on yeah. this one. Sorry. But I have too much other books to finish. Too many other books yeah. to finish. <laughs> I actually, I use it to create characters. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And not, yeah. not exclusively, but yeah. yeah, in large part I use it. Yeah. Okay, I'll get into it. <laughs> no, but. Yeah, so I guess that's more of a, just cool. like a, yeah, like I'm not ashamed of that too much, but I just want to like share with listeners that I I have changed uh, my my stance on that. And I'd, I'd welcome a, a healthy conversation about it if anyone wanted to talk about it. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, not in this podcast. Not right now. Okay, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> I'm going to um, confess to something I hate and still hate and will never not hate. Halloween. It's coming up in 11 days. <laughs> yeah. I, maybe I've confessed to this before. I hate Halloween. Yeah. I hate scary things. I hate scary movies. I hate 
spiritual weird things. This might be released right around Halloween. Yeah. And I actually, like when my kids, I wasn't allowed to trick or treat, which won't come as a surprise to you guys as a kid, but, and I let my kids trick or treat and I went with them and that was, that was a fun time and I loved eating their peanut butter cups, but (laughs) And dressing up is fun. I just everything else about Halloween, I just can't stand the spirit of Halloween store. When that sign goes up, it's just I want to burn it down, <laughs> like wow. burn it down. Well, that's not very harmonious. No, uh, and I feel like I'd be justified in doing it. But <laughs> that's by the way, uh, when this episode drops, it's Halloween tomorrow. So happy Halloween, everyone! Oh. Enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I bought a costume for the first time in many, many years. Oh, like you're going Ooh. to a party. No, just to hand out stuff to kids. Oh, okay. It's a Mexican wrestling luchador mask. Oh, cool. It's oh, really nice. cool. Yeah. yeah. Like the one Jack Black wore in that movie. I like trick-or-treating, <laughs> and I think dressing up is fun. Halloween as a holiday. <laughs> Eight. <laughs> wow. Eight. wow. What about decorating your house right. for Halloween? Okay, I don't want to offend you, but I don't care. It's stupid. Don't decorate your house for Halloween. <laughs> okay. If your Christmas lights are up. I'm okay. We have pumpkins out front. Is that all right? No, that's good. Okay. But like the yards that are covered in like graves and Mm -hmm. scary things. I don't, I don't body parts. It really has gone over the top. Like it's really gone to that next level. I I feel like we have international students living with us and there's a few really decorated houses by our place. And they're like, what is going on here? Like this doesn't happen in your country. No. (laughs) Like, oh, maybe I need to move. So like, (laughs) do do your neighbors listen to this? (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) Because there are a few that would be offended right yeah. now. Well, you know how to email the show. Yep. Robin, do you yeah. have a confession for us? I do, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to play it safe, and I'm going to talk about something foolish I did when I was young. Yes. Yeah. So uh, this is 11-year-old Robin. I was in grade six. Um, I, you know, I was, when I was in elementary school, I was just a really good student, good grades, behaved very well. Um, I don't know, does that, does that surprise you? <laughs> yeah but as much as chris's comments <laughs> yeah. so so yeah and I, I was on the precipice you know of junior high and sort of a little bit of attitude that came later but at grade six i was still this really this good kid so um we're we're it's social studies class my homeroom teacher leaves social studies teacher comes in and you know he, he just I, I won't say his name but, you know um i don't know if he's still alive even but i won't you know but he wasn't he wasn't a bad teacher. He was okay. But he came in this particular day and he was like, I'm having a horrible day. I have a splitting headache. Anybody messes around today, you get a thousand lines. Whoa. We're watching a movie. And so he puts on this social studies movie and we're content to sit there in the dark and you know, it's a movie, right? <laughs> and I'm not too worried because I mean a thousand lines, that gets your attention. I don't get in trouble in school. Um, but there was sitting behind me a girl who definitely had a crush on me. And I, you know, truth be told, probably had a crush on her, but it was grade six and I was not, I wasn't there yet. No, you don't show that. <laughs> no. And I don't, like, I don't even know what to do. With or you don't show it appropriately. No. Well, <laughs> let me tell you, I did not. So I don't even know what she was doing, but whatever it was, I was passing me a note or poking me in the back or some little flirty grade six thing. Um, I kind of lost it. <laughs> and I, I turned around and I um, beat her about the head Whoa. with my pencil case. <laughs> <laughs> Repeatedly. 
Um, Hopefully they were the rubberized Ticonderogas in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you kind of advocated for a safety pencil. That's true. <laughs> for a situation like this. And, it, you know, Thanks. it's this is back in the 70s, so we don't have those big bulky plastic pencil cases or else we'd have a whole, we'd have a court case. Um, so it's just cloth pencil case. But I, you know, numerous times and wow. and repeatedly. So that drew the attention of our teacher. And I was banished from the classroom, which is the first time I'd ever been kicked out of class. And I do the walk of shame. And then I'm out in the hall and grade six, I had my favorite teacher. Mr. Norton was, you know, somebody I looked up to and inspired me. And, and, you know, he, he saw good in me and sort of, I, you know, I wanted to live up to his expectations. And, and so the worst part of it is I'm out in the hall and he comes back to class. And he's like, what are you doing out here? <laughs> What do I say? Assault? <laughs> <laughs> Assault better. Yeah. And then, so, yeah. So I get my thousand lines. And uh, after school, my friend, my friend Brad, who actually is a relative of our beloved Heather Potker. Oh. Cousin, I think. Um, so he was more used to getting in trouble than I was. And he said, dude, like a thousand lines, that's crazy. <laughs> you know, you can, you can talk them down. And I'm like, I, no. I'm terrified. I'm not. That's not happening. So he's like, come on. So he, he's my representation. We go to the teacher. He, he's like, Robin never gets in trouble. Come on. Are you serious? A thousand lines. So he got it down to 500. So I, it was just 500 lines. Mm-hmm. I do not know what I wrote. You know, I don't know. It's like I. But you finished them? You know, yeah. Yeah. To like be how honest, many pages is that as a little kid? <clears throat> I don't know. It was a lot. Yeah. So and I don't, you know, I will not assault my classmates or something like that my crush <laughs> yeah. i will not crush my crush yeah oh that did was you ever of, make a kid write lines yeah early in my career i did yeah because you knew different how times effective it was. <laughs> yeah yeah it changed <laughs> changed me took me off the dark yeah. path never a thousand though yeah <clears throat> yeah good one well that's uh puts me back i remember having something similar happen not with lines but just being a pretty good kid in school, but losing it at one point. And the first time I got in trouble, sent to the office. It was just the worst feeling. I just, yeah, yeah foreign territory. Uh, my confession uh, to end here um, is uh, I'll make it quick. So if you're a teacher, you know this already, but you should really preview every video or movie you show a kid <laughs> in your class. You, sh- you should always watch it, no matter what. Like, just even if you're sure. But there's a YouTube um, channel, I think I mentioned before, um, on YouTube, it's called. Uh, to pronounce it, I always get it wrong. It's Kurtz Kurtz Gazakt, Kurtz Gazakt, and they make science videos. They're animated beautifully. They're researched beautifully. They're amazing videos, and I show them all the time on a variety of topics. And I was showing one about evolution, and it was one of their older uh, videos. And you know, the topic of evolution in our Christian school is is often quite um, contentious normally. So I'm always a little bit nervous about showing some of the theory of evolution stuff. But it's our curriculum, so we do it, and I like it a lot too. But this video, I just assumed it was that, that those guys, they make good videos. Here we go. So we're watching it. <laughs> oh, no. And I showed Tyler already so he can picture what it was. But it's going along just fine. And suddenly it talks about um, sexual reproduction. <laughs> and this whole movie has had these little furry kind of um, little koala bear looking creatures sort of showing all the different things that happen <laughs> in nature. And suddenly it shows, the, you know, the sperm and egg cells with these kind of weird sound effects. And I thought that was kind of weird. And then suddenly it, it shows two of these creatures having sex 
like animated violent moving, moving, like, like there's sounds <laughs> squeaky squeaky sounds <laughs> and it's got this big black bar in the middle between them like it was like totally inappropriate <laughs> no shockingly inappropriate and i just <laughs> you know that moment as a teacher where you have options like do you do you turn it off do i stand in do front you, of the projector look away it's a grade 11 kid so they're a bit older yeah. right so i knew it was too late to just i couldn't stop it i had to own it i had to pretend like i knew and so I just said, guys, this is science. Like this is <laughs> this is biology. So I don't know how if you're gonna giggle at this, we're doing you know human body systems later. So you better get used to this sort of thing. And Double I played down. it off, but my goodness, I was embarrassed. Did you get any like? Well, it, it was or? yesterday, so nothing so oh, far. But I, I feel like I, I could still get something. Yeah, and I certainly would apologize because it was definitely not. I can't believe those. <laughs> They put that in their video. I can't believe it. I'll show you guys after. So, so if listeners want to check out the video, yeah. Kurt's a guest. Yeah. The spelling is crazy. K-U-R-Z-G-E-S-A-G-T. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's called, called evolution. Evolution. Yeah. Look it up. It's about halfway through. Your jaw will drop. <laughs> like what should have tipped you off was when you and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals started playing. You should have hit pause then. Um, hey, Chris. Hey. We have some awesome listeners. Yeah. How do they contact us? Well, if you're super offended by my Halloween rant, you could send us an email to harmoniousgentleman at gmail.com. But check out our website. Everything's kind of there. Harmoniousgentleman.com. We're also on um, all kinds of social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Harmonious Gents. Yeah. yeah, we appreciate any kind of interaction there. Any kind of review mm-hmm. that you could leave. Yeah. Really anywhere. Like write it on a bathroom stall. Take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, whatever like, uh, just leave reviews i feel like there's been a few new listeners in the last couple of months and that's it's going really well um and yeah. feel free to share the podcast too i mean a lot of people love podcasts um yeah, recommend we, it we talk about them all the time not about our own but yeah. just the other ones we're listening to and yeah. yeah and robin thank you again for joining us yeah well thanks for having me yeah. yeah awesome it it lived up to my expectations so a lot of that's the ambience of Tyler's uh, front yeah. porch here. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I feel like we should have set the scene, but we got the nice fire going here. Yeah. Well, that's about it. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a train blares its horn every once in a while. What about anything you want to talk about, promote, or sure? Yeah. So space space cadets is on Amazon, and um, those of you who have read it, mm-hmm. probably the dozens of you who have read um i can use reviews too for sure um that's that's huge for for us little indie published authors because the more reviews just the higher it shows up on people's yeah you know when they're shopping right so yeah and and book two's coming out in january and that's exciting uh, i have a website too i have teacher resources on there and stuff for kids and oh with a website yeah robin pollock.com okay yeah maybe we can yeah we'll put that out there cool yeah awesome my son is just getting to be the age where he can start to read chapter books, maybe. So yeah. I think I should time it, read him Space Cadets, which we have, and yeah. and then maybe time it into the next book, too. Yeah, well, you should get the, the new version. Oh, right. Right. Mm-hmm. And then... So if you order okay. the first one now, it is the new version? It's the new version. Oh, okay. oh perfect. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, should we wrap up? Yeah. Let's, Let's close with the song, Chris. <clears throat> well, I do have oh. a very quick, real confession to make. Uh-oh. I haven't read Space Cadets. Oh, wow. And oh, oh. thanks, Robin, for coming. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs> Our
中人。